like a moment from a horror movie. You have been hanging out in the wrong clubs, Mr. Wayne. I've seen this movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Join the club. We've got jackets. And you stole it from a movie. We want you in our club, kid. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me, as always, Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And it is a new month here at Burke Reviews Movie Club. It's September 2021, and that means we have a new theme, and it is representing. Um, all the movies that we watch this month are going to be uh, featuring essentially non-white either directors or uh, actors and stories, hopefully, is a big part of the uh, the selection process here. Um, this episode, we are talking about uh, Hustle and Flow from... Um, Sorry, I have all the stats. We'll get to the stats momentarily. Um, but before we get into our review of Hustle and Flow, Corey and I like to check up with how we've been since the last time we recorded and see what else we've been watching. So, Corey, how you doing? I'm so glad. It's Friday, and it's a long weekend. I mm-hmm. feel like we all deserve it. Yes, it is a three-day weekend. Um, I am quite excited about that. Um, I've kind of needed a little bit of a break, although I am very much enjoying my classes this year. It's still like just so much all the time, nonstop kind of thing. So, um, we had, uh, a, I don't know. This week feels like it was really long, but nothing like eventful really happened, but it was just like nonstop basically. Um, you know, but done some cool stuff with my students. We've had some good, uh, good moments and, um, yeah, it's just been, like busy i i feel like i haven't taken five minutes for myself outside of going to the gym um all week so it's just been like oh wait i have a three-day weekend okay maybe i'll have a break and then i'm like remembering well i gotta grade these these quizzes that i gave and i gotta prep for next week and i'm just like ah never stops but i hope you take at least one day and don't do anything work related yeah i i do um i i kind of like made myself during the pandemic because we like we were literally working from home and if I didn't like stop at a certain time it was just too much uh so I've gotten better about that but um it's still like you know I like I like teaching what I teach so it's fun to some degree but it's also like decision making stresses me out and that's where I'm at like I have to like oh what am I going to do for this thing and what am I going to do about that and it's like oh these are so many choices I don't want to make all these choices I just want to know stuff <laughs> I drink and I know things. Yes, indeed. Um. So, otherwise, it's been a pretty good week. Uh, you, you said it got pretty cold there already. Uh, September hit and it's like sixty degrees. Uh, it was forty six when I woke up this morning. It's been <clears throat> cold in my house. Um, the past couple mornings when I woke up, because right before the sun comes up, right around then, it's the coldest, and. It, yeah, 46 this morning. I didn't even look at yesterday, but then it gets up and, you know, I think today the high was like 81 or something, but, you know, it's getting to where I'm going to need to, hopefully it'll just be like my heat on at night and then I can have my windows open during the day. But um, there are definitely times living in good old Idaho where I'll have to run my air during the day and then my heat at night because there's such a temperature difference of like 30, 40 degrees. It's wild. Yeah, it's it's like in the seventies right now for us, which is unusual uh, this time of year. Like not so much during the day, but like 
at night. Um, it's been raining like late, oh. so it's you know like it cools it down a little bit. So we're in that kind of weird, not quite fall, but summer slowly ending, and then it'll get hot again. Usually, like right before we actually get quote unquote our fall. Mm. Um, so we're just kind of enjoying it. Like I'm supposed to get up extra early to run tomorrow huh. uh, because my friend who I run with uh, has taken on a bunch of extra shifts at um, he's not, he doesn't work at the hospital normally, but he works for for the hospital as a mental health counselor. And so he's taking extra shifts though, to help out at the hospital. And so he's like just working all the time. So like he doesn't want to not run. So he's like, you think we can run at like five thirty? I was like, are you, DJ for real? Like, I'm like, I get up at five thirty every day. Like, and I record late on Fridays. I'd really find I'd rather run with him than without him. So it's just like, uh, good on him for prioritizing that though, because I'd be like sleep. He, I don't know how he like. I, you think I don't sleep? Like, I don't know how he functions because I, I swear he must sleep like and 20 minute intervals like throughout no. like rest periods like he definitely he gets more sleep than that it's not that he's unhealthy about it but it's just i'm just like i don't know how you can do all the things you do because i already feel like i don't sleep and <laughs> i feel like he's even more but yeah i'm glad he's uh you know and it's gonna be really nice because we, we were running like later like we were running like eight or nine and then it's already like 80 degrees outside oh. and it's nasty so now i'm actually i might be a little chilly in the morning uh once i start sweating so um see but it's it's not so bad uh the worst thing that happens is sometimes mosquitoes aren't gone yet so like then you're like oh. running away from them like stop mosquitoes um but yeah they're helping you with their time they're helping us with the time that's the that's <laughs> their goal they're like the the coaches in the car um you're like faster yeah <laughs> Corey, let's get into what we've been watching um you want to go first or second this week you can go first all right so i've watched a few um I am a lot of what I've watched is that I'm working through the Alex Ross Perry uh, horror movies that he recommended you watch to fully understand the context of Halloween. Um, and I had to make some purchases to watch some of these. I've, I have access to all of them, but one has not come in yet. I'm waiting on the uh, 1970 Stepford wives to show up. Oh, I want to um, see that. Uh, you, it's impossible to see unless you buy, I, I think I had to get it on DVD. Like it's not on streaming anywhere. Oh. Um, and it wasn't cheap on DVD, but I found a used copy uh, for fairly cheap. But it's it's apparently because it's a used copy, it's just taking a sweet ass time to get here. So I'm just waiting on it. Um, so hopefully it'll be here. I, it was supposed to be here today. It didn't show up. So I'm hoping it'll be here tomorrow. But um, so since last Saturday, because we recorded on a Saturday last week, um, I've watched Riddick, the, uh, the third movie in the Chronicle of Riddick's uh, series that is a Vin Diesel franchise. Um, mostly in connection with Blank Check because they were doing they were doing those movies for the uh, commentary Patreon episodes. Um, Riddick was the only one I'd never seen before. Uh, it's fine. I, I don't I don't love it, but I don't dislike it. I do like I like Pitch Black a whole lot, um, and this has some things in common with Pitch Black. I just found it kind of dull at times, but overall not bad. Um, watched It's Alive from 1974. Uh, this was on Alex Ross Perry's list. Um, crazy movie but pretty entertaining i gotta say uh watched but i can't speak about my take on it but prisoners of the ghostland is a new nick cage movie um my review for that will be coming out on the uh, 13th yeah he has tons of movies um this is on the wild side of nick cage films and that's just from the premise that's not a 
opinion. That's just like if you were to compare it to Pig from a few weeks ago. It's very, very different Nick Cage movies. Um, I watched The Sentinel from 1977. Uh, I I actually like this movie quite a bit. Um, it's not perfect by any means. But I was really into the the, the framing of it. There's some really cool practical effects, even though noticeably like effects like you're like oh that's clearly not a person but it's still like i thought it looked really cool um a crazy cast in this movie though like christopher walken plays a police officer jeff goldblum is a uh, photographer like they're not main characters they're just like in a few scenes um beverly d'angelo who's the mom and like the, the national lampoon's christmas vacation and uh i think vacation and i think european vacation um is in it the uncle from uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacations in this. He like pops up with like actual hair, like the old uncle who like sets the 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 tree on fire. Like that guy is in the Sentinel. So like a lot of like faces that I recognize. Um, the big thing is Chris Sheridan, who is uh, most famous for Fright Night, and he's the voice of Jack Skellington in um, Nightmare A Nightmare Before Christmas. Is the lead male uh, in the Sentinel, which is really cool. Um, watch the Legacy, which is Sam Elliott and. Um, Catherine, uh, forgetting her name, but she's, um, and it's not loading for some reason. Um, Catherine, whatever from the graduate, uh, great actress, but she's in it. Um, and I don't know what's letterbox is like crapping out on me here. Uh, I was super lucky and I got a, a critic screening invite for, uh, Shang-Chi and the legend of the 10 rings, a new Marvel movie. Oh, nice. Um, I went with my friend, uh, who I run with also. And, um, we, we, really loved it and it's it was it wasn't a full critic screen it was also like they had um i don't know if it's like ticket giveaways from like radio stations or i don't exactly know how it works but there were some other non-critics there but they have to wait in line and it is like first come first serve so like it, you, they give out more tickets than they have usually and then they like they see what happens um so but critics have like a reserve section and so i we got there we got there early actually but it was it was later like i got worried because there was a big line and i was like man i hope they're not gonna make us wait in line so i'm I'm playing the odds that no they won't so i walk in and they're just letting the line in so there's like a bunch of people like lined up trying to get in and like i walk up to the table and i'm just like hey i'm a critic she's like oh what's your name said my name like oh perfect go on in there's reserve seats your names are on a couple for you and your guests i'm like thank you so much look at the line kind of nod just like that's right <laughs> um because you know it's fun for me because like I, I i would say at this point i've been doing this now for six years um or getting this is the sixth year uh you know i i started burke reviews from nothing um and i've earned enough of a reputation that i get little perks like that it's not a big perk um, you know, if I had waited one more day, I could have seen it at my local theater. You know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't like I got to see this weeks in advance or anything, but, uh, it was still really cool. And it's always fun to have those kind of like moments where like, yeah, yeah, I'm VIP. I get to skip the line. I have my names on seats. Uh, I have a little reserve set and they, they really went for the a critics. We one. had, I got a plus one, but for the critics, we got, uh, they really spaced us out like for COVID protocols. Like I was like five seats between the other critics. Like, so it was oh. really, really um well spaced for for the critic selection was not that way for the the people but the cool thing was i've been going to the theater since uh quiet place too so that was may and I, the the most i've had in a theater with me has maybe been like 10 10 or 15 people at most this was a i don't know how many people were there but it was definitely closer to like 30 or 40 people minimum 
And the people in the very front section of the theater, because the critics got kind of like the middle section, um, there were like 10 kids under 12 at Shang-Chi. And I'm like, oh, no, that's not going to be. They're going to be loud, right? There's no way they're not going to be loud. And before the movie, they were a little loud. But movie started, they were mostly quiet. When they did speak, it was always like in like they were watching the movie and excited about the movie. And the crowd in general, it was really like probably the best theatrical experience I've had since COVID happened, right? Like I haven't had this much fun in a movie. And this is what you want for a Marvel audience is you want an audience who's enraptured, who's laughing at the right times, who are cheering at the right times and just, uh, but also watching the movie, right? Like not doing their own thing, not being rude or disruptive. And it was a really, really great experience. I cannot recommend Shang-Chi enough, especially if uh, listeners, if you're a fan of like old school style Kung Fu movies or like Crashing Tiger, Hidden Dragon, like those gorgeous cinematography, the the landscapes, the the mysticism and the magic. It's it has all of it. The choreography is great. This is, I think, one of the best Marvel actions uh, movies out there, especially in terms of cinematography. They actually let you see the action. They're not rapid cutting between all the punches. Like you can tell the actors are are doing the moves. It's it's great. I, I'm I'm probably going to see it again in theaters because I had such a good time with it, and I. I do have the Regal Unlimited, so I can go see it again. Um, and last thing I watched, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of this movie, Corey. It's called Demon Seed from 1977. No. This is another on the Alex Ross Perry list. Um, oh, man. Uh, it's okay. So one, it's 77, but it's it's like a smart home. Like uh, there's like an Alexa thing. I think it's even called Alex, um, like that, like controls the home. But then there's also an AI and the AI wants to have a child as a way of like, like becoming sentient, like be fully alive. Um, and it devises a way in which to do it. So it's a pretty, it's a pretty crazy movie. Um, considering all of what I just said, like there's a little bit of nudity, but not it. Like I, when I read, when I first saw the title was Demon C, I was like, this is going to be like, like Rosemary's Baby, but like the the exploitative version where it's just like nonstop like sex or something, and it's not that. So I was I was, you know, grateful for that. Some of the effects look real real silly and cheesy, but uh, I don't know. There's there's definitely something there. It's it's a very interesting movie overall. Um, some of the performance has like the B movie kind of level of uh, self seriousness to the point where it's it's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I. I it took me two days to watch it, but that wasn't a criticism to the movie. I just was trying to fit everything into my days the last two days. And uh, I did, I did like it. So Demon Seed, another one, Alex Ross Perry. So far, I think I've liked pretty much all of the recommendations. I think uh, the legacy was the one that maybe grabbed me the least. Mm -hmm. um, I'm double checking here because I'd seen some before, like Don't Look Now, which we did on this podcast last year uh, is on mm -hmm. the list. The Exorcist, which obviously my boy Matt, favorite movie ever. I think it's great. I don't really want to rewatch The Exorcist like Matt does. Um, Rosemary's Baby's on that list. Amazing movie. Uh, the Omen, which I had not seen. I thought it was... A, I, it, obviously, that's a, a classic to most people. I just hadn't seen it. It is. A, it's amazing. Um, Burn Offerings, I really liked a whole lot. Uh, the 77, 78 Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which I've been a big fan of. Uh, I love Donald Sutherland in that movie so much. Mm. And then The Amityville Horror, which I had not seen the original, also thought it was really great. So I have four left to watch. I have to watch uh, Let's Scare Jessica to Death. Oh, that's on Shudder, I think. Um, the Mephisto Waltz. 
um which I, all of these I now own uh, if I, if I didn't already own it, but like I bought these, I uh, miss Mephisto Watts. I bought on Blu-ray. I bought uh let's scare Jessica to death on voodoo. Cause it was on sale for like four bucks the other day. Um, I bought Audrey Rose uh, used from Goodwill. I didn't know it was Goodwill. I bought it used through Amazon, but it shipped from like a Goodwill bookstore from somewhere. And then, like I said, I'm waiting on the step for wives. It's the last one I need to get. Um, but yeah, I think I own, I didn't buy, um, uh, Amityville Horror because that was on HBO Max, and I think one of them was on Prime, and I didn't have to buy. It. I got the Sentinel and the Legacy together with the with the movie. So I don't know if I'm going to watch or not, but I have it, and I never heard of it before, and I think it's a funny title. So who knows? Maybe I'll check it out. Um, since I do own it now, but yeah, that's what I've been watching. Sorry for the long winded thing there. Um. No TV. Like I've been, I really need to get uh, to the second or the third and fourth episodes of What If, uh, the Disney Plus animated MCU series. I like the first two episodes. I just haven't got to the third and fourth. Uh, I will be getting Apple TV Plus here in the near future, so I can watch Ted Lasso season two once it completes. Um, but yeah, that's what I've been watching. Corey, uh, I'm assuming Office reruns and what else? Uh, you're muted, Corey, if you're talking. But if you're not talking, hey, no worries. OMG, I'm firing myself. So, um, yeah, I'm almost done with season nine. So I might take a break for a little bit, but there's nothing else that's that good to watch on repeat. So um, I watched um, episode four of Slasher on uh, Slasher Flesh and Blood on Shudder. And a new episode just came out yesterday. So I'm excited for that. I watched near dark which i thought was an interesting vampire movie um paxton's so good in that though he's so good in everything i'm trying to think of anything that i miss him Mm -hmm. um like i knew him personally I made, well, I didn't make Bill. Bill was also interested. We watched uh, the new Bob Ross Happy Accidents Betrayal and Greed documentary. Look at you watching a documentary without me making it. Yeah, well, it was on on Bob Ross. And guys, I just love that they talk about him being like, is it ASMR or something? I don't know. Yeah, the the soothing sounds and that kind of thing. It's so true. So I don't sleep well. I love my headspace app and i do listen to the sleep cast before bed but it's so true i'm it that like puts me out like in the middle of the day i other than that i don't know what napping is and i watched something you had recommended i think on the hbo max freaky oh oh bill watched it with me too and we both had a lot of fun it was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Vince Vaughn as so a 16 year old is so funny. Like, oh but man. Also her when she yeah. like goes into, you know, middle aged man. Yes. Serial killer mode. And that's not a spoiler. That's a movie. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And that's what I've been watching. I'm so glad you watched that. I really, really like that movie. I keep, t- I'm like trying to spread the word about Freaky. I feel like Freaky, Spontaneous, Guys. 
and Love and Monsters were like three movies from last year that a lot of people did, don't know about, and they're so good. What was the other one? Spontaneous and Love and Monsters. Okay. That one's that one's my favorite, but that's like a wheelhouse movie for me because it's like a rom com, uh, sci fi like post apocalyptic movie. Um, and okay, it's just I like post apocalyptic. Yeah, it checks like all my boxes. And Spontaneous is a really dark comedy, uh, horror like movie like with some amazing gore. Like it's uh, it's it, that oh man, it's um, I, I always forget her name, but she's the the lead from Thirteen Reasons Why. And then she's in uh, Love Simon, and she's in Knives Out, but she's a small part in Knives Out. But um, she's she's so good in this movie. And then Charlie Plummer, uh, who was in like Lean on Pete and um, All the Money in the World, which was the uh, the movie the Ridley Scott film from a couple of years ago. That's not very good, but Charlie Plummer was good in it. And then um, Haley Law, who I just can't stress enough how great of an actress she is. She's only done like four movies, but I guess she's on Riverdale. I think she's one of the, the Josie and the Pussycats um, in Riverdale. But she was uh, the first time I saw Haley Law was uh, New Romantic. And then she's in that. And then she starred in a movie I saw at Tribeca this year that I keep forgetting the name of. But it was so, so good. It's not it's not a criticism that I don't remember the name. My I'm bad with names anyways, but it's also like it's a it's not the best title, but the movie's amazing. Um, and I just like those three together just make spontaneous all the, all the better, but uh, what, what a really fun uh, and underseen film. That's why I keep like, just like everyone should check out spontaneous. Um, and then freaky, like you like, cause that you just watched. Cause I think freaky is just, again, it's a, it's a dark comedy. You gotta be okay with like horror comedy to really appreciate it. But if you are, it works so, so well. So well. Sorry, I didn't mean like you got. I got excited because something I I recommended was on your watch. So. No, yeah, I was like I couldn't decide what to watch, and I had seen that it was on HBO Max, and we just went for it. Uh, the movie that Haley Law is in that I saw at Tribeca, which is probably not available anywhere yet, but it will be probably in a year, is uh, Mark, Mary, and some other people. Uh, oh. That that movie is a really funny and heartfelt rom. I don't want to call it a rom com because that feels a little dismissive because I think it's more of a romance. But there's a lot of humor in it, but it gets a little more serious as it goes on. But it's great. Um. All right, and the, you said freaky was it? That's the uh, the conclusion. Yeah, that's all. Well then, folks, we are going to get into our main review for the week. So let's get into the stats for Hustle and Flow from 2005. Um, it is written and directed by Craig Brewer. Uh, Craig Brewer, most known for this movie, but also um, he's done quite a quite a few things. I'm going to double check here his directing credits. He did Coming to America, which is coming to America. So not coming T.O., but the number two um, with Eddie Murphy, which is fine. Dolomite is my name, which I have been meaning to watch. I have not seen uh, a lot of TV. He did the 2011 Footloose, um, Black Snake Moan, Hustle and Flow, and that's pretty much it. So, by far, his most successful film is uh, Hustle and Flow. But this movie stars Terrence Howard, Ludacris, who's billed second, and I think that's a little high. I love Ludacris. I just don't think he's that prominent in this particular movie. Um, Anthony Anderson, Taron Manning, Taraji P. Henson, DJ Qualls, Paula J. Parker, um, and Elsie Neal. Oh, I'm sorry, Elise Neal. I mispronounced that. Apologies. Um, and we can't leave off Isaac Hayes, uh, although he does 
I don't know if he's still problematic. I know that at some point he like burned the guys from South Park pretty hard where they like killed Chef off. Um, that's a long time ago. So I picked Hustle and Flow. Um, the premise is that with help from his friends, a Memphis pimp in a midlife crisis attempts to become a successful hip hop MC. And I would say that maybe is a little bit of an under understatement of what this movie is, but, um, I picked it, so I'll start here. I really didn't know much about this. I remember it coming out. Um, I'd heard things. That, I heard it was positive. I've never been a big Terrence Howard fan. I, I've seen him in a bunch of stuff. I've never thought he was bad. I've never thought he was particularly great. Um, you know, Sometimes I feel like he's just kind of going through the lines or whatever. And this movie 100% changed my opinion of him as an actor. I thought he was so good in this movie. I thought this movie was amazing. Um, I I actually, usually when I do movie clubs, movies, I don't do anything else. But I had run, and then we were recording, like, early in the morning on Saturday, so I decided to fit this movie in between my run and, and our recording. Um, and I was also, like, doing very, very minimal but casual lesson planning. And this movie like grabbed my attention despite that and like made me care about the characters. There were so many ups and downs. Um, Taraji P. Henson, especially, I think there's like two scenes with her that I was, I'm already a fan of her. This movie just made me love her even more. I loved her character. I thought everybody performed exceptionally well. Taryn Manning, who I'm familiar with from Orange is the New Black. I, I just thought there was so much emotion in her, her performance. Um, Terrence Howard owns this role. And there's a lot of jokes because he says man a lot in this movie. But I don't know if, if people who, who were criticizing him have never listened to rap interviews, but a lot of rappers have like a mannerism that they repeat a word. Uh, Eminem says, uh, you know what I'm saying a lot. Biggie Smalls, so bad about saying, you know what I'm saying. He said, you know what I'm saying, like every other word, like not an exaggeration. So I just felt like he was playing that persona really well. This kind of like man was his nervous tick, if you will, or he just said it all the time. But I was really taken by this film. It spoke to me in a lot of ways uh, that movies about, you know, pursuing passion, art, uh, changing someone's life always really worked for me. And this movie did. And it was only helped and added to that. It didn't feel formulaic. Um, I read a review by uh, Ebert. Um, where the praise he threw at it was just phenomenal. And I was like, of course, your words are so much better than anything I could articulate. Uh, you're the master. And I watched this really cool uh, scene breakdown video from um, a puppet uh, on on YouTube. Um, I forgot the name of the channel. I'll try to look it up before we end the podcast. But I thought his take on the scene where they were recording uh, It's Hard for a Pimp, I believe is the name of the song. And that... I mean, that whole sequence was so great anyways, but I thought his take on it was also really, really good. I love this movie. I hope, Corey, you did as well. What did you think of Hustle and Flow? I hated this movie. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I also really enjoyed it. Did not really know anything about it. Um, I wasn't... I don't... Like, I've heard about this movie. You know what I mean? But... Yeah. I don't I don't know. I didn't really know what I was getting into. Um and Bill, like, was just in the living room while I was watching it. And he was like, yeah, that was pretty good, you know. Yeah. Um, all the performances were very good. I 
think that that's all I have to say before spoilers. I'm afraid some of the other things that I might want to say. Understandable. There is a lot to uh, to get into. Um, I I'm not surprised. Well, one Bill's been really watching movies all of a sudden. Um, it seems I just like rope him in. I'm like he's in the room. I'll start it, and then he'll be invested. <laughs> yeah, this one I I was really like impressed with how much i cared like how much it pulled me in especially because like i said i i I normally do not watch something while doing something that's for this podcast but i don't know what it was that morning i was just trying to multitask and i felt like i could do it and still give it my attention and it was just like no no you will give us your attention i'm like yes i will i'm just fine you're i'm so hooked uh just really impressed um so that's our initial take on Hustle and Flow. Let's get into spoilers. Guys, from here on out, we are going to talk about this movie in great detail. You have been warned. So you, what do you want to start with then? That, I mean, just because someone is your, you know, protagonist or your main character doesn't mean that you're going to identify with them or even like them. and given what his profession is, it doesn't maybe, I mean, like who thinks they're going to identify with a pimp? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Or like, and a drug dealer. Yeah. Have He's any, the same, both jobs. How, or, or like Shug, who's a prostitute or Nola, who's also a prostitute, you know, like, all these people that also get pulled into his orbit. And I just think that they did a very good job with making everyone such a complex character. I really cared about all of them. And, you know, I I wanted them to, to be okay, I guess. And yeah. he, he was never as terrible as you would think he could be. I mean, being a drug dealer and a, you know, a pimp isn't great. I'm not condoning that, but he could have been a much worse person. He has Suge still living in the house, even though she's not bringing any money because she's pregnant. And, you know, there were just a lot of little things about him like that. Well, I I love their relationship too. And how the scene for the, it's hard for a pimp, that song starts the the realization the awakening within him that he really truly loves her it's not just like the love that he kind of manipulates her with at the beginning of the movie which is like i'm your pimp and i love you so like do what i say kind of thing he clearly starts to realize no no she's something different this isn't the same that i feel for these other girls like this is genuine and by the end of the movie i totally buy uh the love between them and it's because of their performances. There's so much emotion and, and empathy in those characters. And that's part and giving much credit to Brewer for not making these people one caricatures uh, that they aren't like, like he's a pimp, but it's not like he's, you know, meeting stereotypes of what I think movies have shown us what pimps are. And same, even with the drug deals, like he's not, it's not as extreme as it could be. Like these feel like people who have a job and maybe their job in our world is not legal, but you know, the way he approaches it, the way he handles it, even when it seems like he's going to be really, really, it's not to say he's never cruel, but there are moments where I think he's going to go way like further with the cruelty or the meanness. And it's always, 
there's a tempered hand. There's an intelligence behind the character. It's not just raw emotion that lashes out. Like it's there. You see it, but he's also in control. And I think other movies you would have had him like when he kicks the one girl out of the house. Yeah. You see the restraint that he has, even though, and how much it hurts the girls for him to do that. Like there's, there's fear, there's uh concern for her, but he still doesn't go as far as I thought he was going to. Like when the moment happened, I was like, Oh no. Um, and that restraint is there. And I think uh, for me, one of the, the best moments in the movie is when he finally gets to meet skinny, which is Ludacris's character. And he's initially blown off. Like, get out of here. Who are you? We don't care. And then how he spins it and has like basically skinny literally like eating out of his hands by the end of the conversation even though skinny doesn't have any intent of actually helping him um that just that 180 uh, it's so it's such a great monologue it's such a performance and i mean everything about it i just was so impressed by the the character at that moment and his ability to weave a tale which you see throughout the film that he's really good with words but like that's the epitome of it man it's like one of my favorite like scenes that i think is also funny when they're trying to record and there's the uh the music is coming from like four houses down and he has to go and negotiate and how he like look man i'm not trying to have any problems please just accept this offering and like i just thought that scene was so funny because it's not i think a lot of other movies he goes over there starts like with a gun or he makes a big you know this movie moment and instead you just have this guy appealing to the human decency in every person please i'm trying to do this i'm trying to make this i'm trying to do this thing that i'm passionate about will you give me like 10 minutes of silence and the dude's like cool you know and there's a reference like i know we've had beef before so like they've have a history so this is like a big deal for him to ask a favor and he he does it because of the, he, this matters to him. It means something. I just so much about this movie just spoke to everything that I stand for is like art has the power to change things. Art has the power to alter situations. And and the music's really good in this movie. I love the songs they write. Like I they're they're great. And I I'm very catchy, super catchy. And even like the explanation of the hook and how Anderson and um dj whatever it's funny that there's an actor named dj and the character's name is dj but you know uh like they work together to to make the song like life's hard for a pimp or whatever it's just oh just so much to appreciate i'm sorry i'm i'm stealing so much of the uh the time here but i just had this is a movie that i didn't know how much i would love and now it's definitely in in contention to be a top 50 movie for me where like if i rewatch this it, it it's gonna grow because it's just got so much excellent stuff in it. and even a movie that's about a pimp with three prostitutes working slash living with him and one of them is a stripper does a really good job of not having tons of nudity there's a little bit of nudity and at one point i was worried that i'd picked a movie that was going to be like a lot of like strip club and sex and stuff and it's actually not. And I was like, oh, good. I mean, like, like Taryn Manning is a prostitute, like, and she's like the main prostitute, like we see working throughout the movie. And I think the only time you see her topless is her changing a shirt. Like, it's never like a sexual situation, um, unless I happen to not be looking at the screen or something when that was happening. But it seemed like they would like 
she'd get hired and then it would cut to a different moment. Like we weren't watching those events. Um, and I appreciate that because it's like, we get it. You don't have to exploit the women or like be excessive with the nudity um, to tell the story. Cause you're telling the story perfectly without having to show everything. You know? Agreed. I didn't even think about that, but well, I, I'm always aware because like my wife and daughter walk by the room where I watch movies and I'm always like, and also the like the sounds on, so I'm always a little worried. Like if it's just all of a sudden like loud sex noises are coming out of my the movie room that it's just not a, you know like what is he watching? And um, you know like when we when we watch Boogie Nights, I was I wanted to make sure like Kathy knew I was like watching Boogie Nights. Like hey, this is a movie that has a lot of sex in it. I'm sorry, you know. Um, and I I didn't know for this movie, and also like. I like I, with Boogie Nights, I gave her a heads up so she would know what was on my TV, and I didn't know what what this movie was. So when that the scene, the the only scene that's at the strip club when he goes to like get her or whatever, I was like, oh no, how often is this going to be in this movie? And I was very happy that it's not a lot. It's like I think that's the only scene, and um, again, there's a lot of references to like sexuality, and there's tons of cursing and stuff like that. But it's it's the the nudity is. Given the nature of a lot of the characters, the nudity is very, very tame. And I thought that was uh, a deft hand by Brewer. Like he wasn't being exploitative of, of the actresses, um, only using it to help move the story. I, so the, I tried to look for um, things to, you know, watch about this movie. And, you know, I wanted to hear more. And I think that you, one of the videos you sent me, thank you for sending those, by the way. I couldn't read the whole review by Ebert uh, because for some reason, when I'd get to a certain point on the page twice um, on the website, it the whole screen would go white. So <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what that was about, but um, what I got to read of it was very good. Um, I mean, duh, but I liked that um, those interviews where they were talking about how hard it was for them to get this film made and how many of the actors in this movie had never been given these types of roles before. Mm. So like uh, DJ, uh, was it calls? Yeah. Um, and Terrence Howard. Um, yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Also that they had so much trouble getting it financed. And I wonder if all those people who wouldn't help finance the movie, how, not smart they felt i understand it's all risk though yeah and you have to feel like you know there's going to be some return on your investment but it did win an oscar for uh best achievement in music written for motion pictures original song um doesn't say which song but it's uh juicy j cedric coleman and dj paul are credited for the writers um, and they were also nominated for best leading uh, performance with Terrence Howard, which is huge for him. Yeah. I really liked it, especially not knowing what I was going into. I feel like that yeah. just makes it exponential. Yeah, it, it's a movie that works really, really well for me. And I I do think Ludacris is good in this. I think Ludacris is an underrated actor. I think a lot of times we only associate he's he's mostly just in the Fast and the Furious franchise, um, yeah. starting with. Number two, I think, is where he oh. shows up, and then he's out for three, but he's back in five, and then so on. Um, and he's great. He, he's often paired with Tyrese, who is not great, um, but he like he is, and I like him. 
he did a little stint on Law and Order uh, SVU, I think, and then he, he popped up in other stuff. But I think he's solid here. He's he's just playing this. You know, Luda is an Atlanta-based rapper, and this is a Southern rap area there in Memphis, Tennessee. So you do kind of have the a parallel there. Um, but it's definitely dealing kind of with the the Southern rap and and that movement. Um, but yeah, I man, I really. I, I, I mean, I watched this a week ago, basically, and it's still like really fresh in my memory because it was just it just grabbed me so much. So uh, I think off to a great start for this uh, month with representing as our theme. Um, is there anything else you want to say about the movie before we give our ratings? Um, just a quick thought on when he beats the heck out of um, Skinny Black. Oh, yeah. He finally, like, loses his temper because we've seen... Like most of the time that he gets really upset is when he is being disrespected, mm-hmm. and then he finally just loses it. Then- well, I mean, pretty pretty severe uh, disrespect because he not only lied about like get you know dealing something with the the demo tape, but then he like he throws it in the toilet. Um, so it it really I I totally got why he was so upset. Didn't shoot? Didn't uh, he shoot somebody though? Yeah, oh, it goes. It gets out of hand. Um, he he almost killed Skinny just by beating him, and then Skinny's bodyguard walks in, pulls out a gun, and and he reacts, shoots him, but doesn't kill him. Which I think again is is restraint. Like he shoots him in like the shoulder or the the leg or something. Uh, he gets out, runs, but he does end up getting uh, arrested and taken. Which that scene's really tough. Um, there's definitely, I wouldn't go as far to say like police brutality, but it's definitely like. Uh, it's pretty harsh. I I gotta say I was anticipating, um, a, a crash because I I this movie felt like they were setting up a tragedy towards the end, like that he was gonna make it, but then something else would happen. Like I I actually thought the the girl he threw out was gonna like shoot him or something, um, I... just out of like hatred because he threw her out or whatever. Yeah, and so I was like afraid of something like that. Um. It, because I, I especially before he followed Skinny in the bathroom, when he like, I thought cool. He gave him the demo. Skinny's gonna make it happen, but before it happens, he's gonna get hurt or murdered or some or end up in jail. Which he does end up in jail, but not as severe of a penalty as it could have been. Like I think he said he had thirteen months, which is bad. But um, I also I love that he meets the two police officers in jail that are uh, trying to make it as rappers also, and they give him a demo and the kind of full circle nature of the industry and like you know, people trying to find their out. Um, I appreciated that whole little kind of commentary on it. Also, I want to say like, there's a point in the movie where Suge, they're talking about Suge being pregnant. And I was getting the feeling that he is the father of her baby DJ. Cause she seems like her feelings are really hurt, but he never owns up to it. It's never, well, so Ebert's review, he implies that it's he it doesn't appear to be DJ's baby. I thought it was. Um but yeah, it's definitely up in the air. And at the end of the movie though, DJ does seem to be like like Anthony Anderson's character brings a picture of the baby and, and he seems to care about the baby, whether it's his or not at that point. And one more thing I just wanted to say that nola at the end being a boss and taking yes. his stuff around to the different radio stations and 
getting to be powerful that way when she wanted those opportunities in the movie and like Shug was getting to sing and all these different things and she was just being prostituted, you know? Mm-hmm. So I liked seeing that also. Me too. And I, I really thought she played that character so well because there's like uh, just so much empathy in this movie. There's yeah. you, you really feel for everybody. You want them to be able to, to get out of their current situation because none of them seem like content with their current situation. You know, like they're doing it because it's, it's getting them by it's a, yeah. it's how they're surviving, but that's just it. They're just surviving. They're not, there's no joy. There's no, I, I don't feel like, like they've, they've not accepted this is their only option and you see them all raise, you know, rise above it. Cause even Anthony Anderson, who's got like a, a respectable job and he has a, a, I love that him and his wife don't like, cause they were playing it like she was awful, like because she wanted him to be like a normal guy or whatever. And, and then when she shows up to the recording and DJ treats her so warmly, I love that because it was just like, see, no, it's all about, you know, love. Like it's not like, because another movie that would have been a joke, right? Anthony Anderson would have ended up sleeping with with uh, Nola or something, and like, oh, my wife is is a square because she's you know like that's oh, how yeah. other movies would have played it, and instead it's like, no, no, she not only brought him sandwiches, but she was there to support him, even though she was like uncomfortable with it. She she saw that it was it mattered to him, and she backed him, and he clearly and he was always respectful to her. He was never a jerk to her. Talk about my wife that way. Yeah, I I love that part so much because you know the other movies don't play it that way. They they make the wife is like a burden, or they make the 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 guy who is married like the loser or the square, and that's not how this movie was. And when they did like make references to it, he stood up for himself, or she proved otherwise. Like I I love that again. This movie is so grounded and human. It's so refreshing because so many other movies wouldn't have made everybody in it. Everybody in it. A person because even skinny who have when we first meet him is this kind of almost stereotype of this celebrity dj breaks him down and he 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 becomes the guy he was when he was in memphis you know and i, I love that like i it's just uh the humanity on on display in this movie is, is excellent it's just great agreed i don't think there's any secret folks i'm saying must see same um, check out Hustle and Flow. It, it's not Good streaming anywhere. Yeah, if you haven't watched it yet, I guess, oops, because um, <laughs> you've heard all the spoilers. But uh, you should definitely still. I think it's still watchable. Plus, you didn't get any of the songs from us. You got to hear the songs to really appreciate. What? I'm kidding. Yeah, no, we can. We'll break them out right now. <laughs> but uh, I do recommend blind buying this movie. I think it's worth uh, the purchase for sure. Um. That is it for our review of Hustle and Flow. Next week, Corey has selected Atlantics, which is a Netflix film um, directed and written by Maddie Diop and uh, also co-written with Oliver Demangle. Demangle? Demangel? It's Demangel or Demangle? I'm not sure. Um, stars, I want to mess this name up too. Stars, uh, it's either Mammy Benetta Sane or Mame Benetta Sane. Um, Amadou Mabo, Traore. Oh man, I'm so sorry. All these actors. Um, Nicole Segu Segu. I I had no idea I was getting into this. Uh, but Maybe yeah, that's why I chose the movie. You know, I'm kidding. I feel like you and Matt do this to me on purpose. Um, 
I promise I didn't. But this movie has an 85 on Metacritic, so I'm very uh, hyped to check this out. I'm not really familiar with it. Um, it says, in a popular suburb of Dakar, workers on the construction side of Futuristic Tower, without pay for months, decide to leave the country by the ocean uh, for a better future. Among them is who? Uh, Solomon? It's not spelled like normally Solomon. It might be Solomon. Um, the lover of Ada promised to another. Um, it sounds emotional. I am excited to check this out. Uh, we will be watching it on Netflix, as stated, um, next week for our review. In the meantime, if you like what we're doing, we ask that you take just a few minutes and rate and review the podcast on whatever podcatcher you are utilizing. And you can follow us on social media. I'm at Burke Reviews and Corey. At Corey R Star, two hours on the end. And until next time, folks, keep watching movies. Hey, this is Matt from What I Watch Tonight. Come join me in the back row for movie discussion, retrospective episodes with guests, director-focused shows, end-of-year rankings, start-of-the-year predictions, and much, much more. There's more going on in the back row than you might think. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com. <laughs>